Hello, I'm Charles Feldman. And my name is Ela Edgar. And we're here for another episode of Trust on Purpose. Charles, what are we going to dive into today? We're going to dive into situations where, well, actually, you framed it really well when you said it earlier in the conversation before the conversation. Oh, gosh, now you're making me scratch my head. What did I say? What are the impacts of spoken and unspoken complaints and how that either builds or damages trust? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, that was a great way to frame this. Yes, yes. And so one of the things to begin talking about this is talking about a client. And actually, this is not the only client that I've had in this situation, but certainly one I can identify. So my client reported to the CEO of a a very large organization. And my client was in charge of the largest group or department, if you're going to call it that, within the organization. And when he started, he assumed that he was going to get fairly regular time with his boss, the CEO, that they were going to meet in person at least once every couple of weeks. That was an assumption on his part, obviously, but it was backed up to some degree. He had some evidence that that assumption was accurate because originally his boss did meet with him every two weeks for about three times. And then after that, was either not available or, you know, I would cancel at the last minute because of something else, many different things that seemed to get in the way so that they ended up meeting about once every three months in person. And all the other communication between them was either a text, an IM of some kind, maybe an email, every once in a while a phone call if something was badly broken. If there was a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire, exactly. So my client had this complaint that he was not getting enough time with his boss. And that actually the complaint was the boss broke a promise, broke a commitment that he assumed had been made explicitly that they would meet every other week. So here's his complaint that he's laboring under. So I'm curious what comes up for you in that moment. (laughs) Okay, so, so many things, so many things. Where I went to immediately was if I'm a leader and I have a substantial portfolio and I'm on the receiving end of short notice cancellations from my leader, a broken promise about meeting regularly, you know, the odd I am a text, not regular and connected communication. The story I'm going to make up in my head is I'm not valued. He doesn't give a shit. Bingo. Right? Doesn't give a shit. I might try because I believe I try really hard to make generous assumptions about others. It might be the whole no news is good news. He really trusts me to do my job. And for the listeners, you can't see me. I'm like air quoting. That's a big like, maybe it's just that he trusts me so much. Hope you can hear the sarcasm in my voice. Yes, that is exactly where my client went, particularly that my boss doesn't value me, my boss doesn't trust me. Yeah. So he had this whole story going about that. And he had this complaint that was constantly running in the background that my boss is not treating me the way he should, the way I believe he promised or committed he would. 
So moving this a little bit forward down the tracks, my client had also begun to express his complaint, not to his boss, to a couple of the other peers on the leadership team. And what he got back was, well, that's just the way our boss is. And you just need to adapt to it, which for a while worked for him. Okay, so that's the way he is. I don't have to worry about this so much. Except that he seemed to see some of those other leaders getting more actually in the boss's office, getting time face-to-face with the boss more often than he was. So then the complaint came back up and all the story that you so beautifully outlined there. Right. One of the impacts was that his morale was going downhill pretty quickly. Well, as soon as you said, that's just the way it is, that's just the way he is. And we start looking for comparisons of what my colleagues are or are not getting. The moment you said that, my shoulders went down and I felt defeated. Yeah. Yeah. He was struggling with that for sure. And so it was clearly getting in the way, he knew it, it was getting in the way of his doing his best work. Yeah. So here he is with this complaint. And now he's also wondering if having made that complaint to a couple of his peers, he hadn't maybe damaged his relationships with them and his credibility with them, which was making it even worse for him. I'm laughing, but I shouldn't have been because it was really a big deal for him. What are the other ways that you can see this unmade complaint might be damaging not only my client in this case, but other people in the organization and the leadership team itself, maybe the entire organization? One of the places I think of immediately is how is this impacting this person's trust and credibility? And so what assessments are other people making about this person because of the conversations they are or are not having? So that's one thing. Yes. I also have a little, you know, a little ripple gurgling in the back of my brain around what's the connection to sincerity here? Say more. Yeah. I'm putting myself in that leader's shoes for a moment. If I feel unsupported, not valued, not having the amount of time or interaction or direction or feedback from my leader, as I said earlier, I definitely immediately my head goes down, my shoulders slump, my chest goes in a little bit. So I feel this defeat, you know, this is just the way it is. Now let's add in the layer of sincerity. And I'm curious about how my words and actions, behaviors as a leader are instilling in others my ability to be sincere about what I do and say. Mm. Does that make sense? Maybe, because in the sense that that leader was not necessarily being completely honest about their own concerns. As a leader, they're not being honest and they're trying to motivate others from a place of resignation. Yeah. And so what does that mood, how does that start to impact peers, colleagues, direct reports? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of a couple of the places I went. Yeah. And then there's another impact, which is the boss doesn't know what's going on. Right. You know, the CEO, in any case like this, would not be privy to what's going on, why this person that he hired to run the largest organization within the company was not really seeming to perform 
at the level that he assumed this leader would be performing at. But what if he is? What if he's performing that all of this becomes hidden background and the story, I'm adding another layer of complexity that his story, that the leader is walking around with, well, the CEO should know that I need time. Oh, he was very much walking around with that. Right. This is where the, all the I'm being ignored, I'm not valued, et cetera, was coming from, is the CEO should know this. Therefore, the CEO right. does know this. Should, 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 shoulding. <laughs> and I'm assuming my CEO actually does know this. And so the CEO ignoring me in these ways is a huge drag and creating a lot of this resignation and a bit of resentment along the way. So as we've talked about before, often complaints are unmade requests. Talking with my client, the leader in this case, about, well, what do you need to ask for? What do you want to ask for? And of course, the story is, but I've already asked for it. I have asked for it. I've sent emails saying, can we meet regularly? And either I'm ghosted or it's been really busy. I can't. So he was at that point, the request wasn't going anywhere. And so here's the interesting wrinkle. I said, well, what did you actually say? What was your request? And the request, quote unquote, request, you can see me doing air quotes here now. The request was along the lines of, it would be really helpful to have a little bit more of your input. <laughs> that sounds like a request how I would make it. <laughs> It'd be kind of nice if maybe sometime we could possibly talk about, and of course I'm being a little bit facetious here, but I think this points to something so incredibly important and that I think you and I both see individuals who dilute their requests or soft shoe them, not intending to not be clear or be really direct about what they need. Rather, there's internal stories and beliefs and behaviors that have us making these softer, tapped down, diluted requests. Yes, the indirect, and in, in that case, really indirect request. Right. Almost as indirect as my coffee cup is empty. <laughs> <laughs> so it seemed like, until I asked him, well, what's come of that request? Where has that gone? And he said, well, I haven't gotten any response about that, except maybe that I'm getting a few more texts asking me to do stuff or he said, admittedly, there are some texts that I've gotten recently that were about how I'd done something well, which was great, very encouraging. That's great. And more about how I needed to pay attention to certain things that my boss apparently thought I wasn't paying good enough attention to. So the request itself was not really a request. No. And therefore was not getting him what he wanted. So there was the real work with this particular individual making a clear, complete request that had all the pieces in it that would allow the listener on the other end, in this case, his CEO, to make a real realistic response. What can I do here? What am I willing to do? And we've been through this in other episodes. We would send you, I think, to episode... Mm, 22, August 8th, 2022, Strength and Trust with Clear and Complete Requests. Yeah. And he had not made a clear and complete request. And I would refer you to episode 22, making clear and complete requests. Working with this particular individual, 
to make a clear and complete request did have the impact he was looking for. When he added the context of, for the sake of what am I making this request in the first place? This is what specifically I'm looking for. And here are my conditions of satisfaction. That actually got a response that was useful. The CEO still wasn't interested in or didn't want to meet in person that often, wasn't willing to commit to it, but they got to a place where at least there was a clear commitment to meeting on a regular basis. The interesting thing about this, though, was that once he'd gone through that process with his boss, he realized that he had complaints about other people in the organization, people who worked for him in a couple of places, his peers. And so he began to rethink what the missing request was in the complaint that he'd been making and carrying around, whether he'd made the complaint as a complaint, which of course rarely was getting him anywhere, or had just kept it silent. This is so fascinating because there's now another wrinkle that I'll bring in. This conversation is highlighting for me, I have some pretty ginormous complaints about someone in my life right now, and I have not been clear. And there's a bit of a story that it's actually not my job. You mean it's not your job to be clear with this person? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But whose job is it? I know. Well. <laughs> the, the request fairy? I can't say more. I can't divulge who this is. Yeah, yeah I totally get that. But it's interesting because I think, and I'll bring it back to organizations and leaders that we work with, that I wonder if that's part of the rumbling that happens in that it's not my job. Not necessarily with, well, actually it could be, I'm pointing upwards, right? So going up to a leader, I shouldn't have to, this isn't my job to, they're the leader. This could also ripple into peers and colleagues. I shouldn't have to, they're professionals. And then of course, with direct reports, like this now suddenly feels like a rampant problem. It is. <laughs> I can tell you that that is a very grounded assessment, that it's a rampant problem. It is. It is. Yes, I, I agree with your assessment based on lots of evidence. Yeah, and the complaint part of it is making them. So again, going back to a complaint itself, mm -hmm. do I have the grounds to make a complaint if I have a not made a request and that request had not been agreed to and then the commitment broken? Right. That's where we can actually make complaints for action. Right. Say, so, you know what? You committed to the whatever, and you're not actually following through with that. <laughs> and this is the damage. This is what that's causing, the problems that are arising as a result of that. I want to talk about that. Now, that's a complaint for action as opposed to a complaint that is more like whining. It's causing me to pause and reflect on that particular situation that I haven't made a clear and complete request. I haven't defined my conditions of satisfaction. I haven't introduced a consequence. Like there's a whole bunch of things that I haven't, I haven't. Yeah. And so that's on me, right? I need to take accountability and responsibility for that. And this is the choice point. Now, what do I want to do going forward in order to strengthen the relationship? 
And I don't want to have these rumblings and gurglings in my mind about how I can't trust this individual or actually even the growing resentment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the impacts of complaints that are unmade or unmade requests that could come out of a complaint is resentment. They should know. They should have known. They should figure this out. They should know that I have this complaint, this problem, this issue, and they're ignoring me. They don't value me. All of that stuff. So there's the resentment and the resignation that arrive at our doorstep and we start to let them in and live. They grow into ugly, hairy beasts. Yes. You know what makes me really sad in this moment? And I think that we can definitely point to leaders that we've coached that have arrived at the same conclusion is that this person would be gutted if they knew that this is how I felt. Most likely that would be the case yeah. in many situations. Yeah. They would be upset. They might be resentful or angry or you wait a minute, or they might feel really bad about themselves mm -hmm. or some combination of all of that. So there's that lack of clarity, lack of transparency. I guess transparency is really what we're talking about here, being transparent and making clear requests as opposed to grumbling, holding a complaint either internally or making it to other people, but not the person who you really need to make it to. Another impact is that that can ultimately create that. Right. I'm okay with currently not bumping into this person because then I don't have to say anything, which is also a really sad statement, really sad statement. And if we come back to our quadrant of care, what's the care that I have in this particular relationship? And how are my behaviors or lack of behaviors and conversations impacting this relationship? And it's, at this point, it's 100% on me. And I've, I've got Brene Brown's voice whispering in my head, clear as kind, unclear as unkind. Yeah. It brings to mind a similar situation, a colleague of mine telling me that, basically complaining, <laughs> that a client, a long-time client, had canceled a big chunk of my colleague's contract for the upcoming year. This is something that my colleague had done year after year for many years for this company, along with a bunch of other work. The client had not canceled the other work, but it canceled this one piece but had done so in a moment in front of a bunch of other people with no, no preamble. It was just boom. You're talking to the other people saying, here's what we're going to be doing in the coming year. And my colleague wasn't even in there. And so she had this huge complaint about that, how it was done. So we just talked about complaint and requests and what could you request? Oh, I could request for her to do it differently in the future. For this individual, her biggest hurt was that she thought that the relationship had been broken, that there was damage in the relationship. But then she also went on to talk about how that particular individual had been under such stress around something else that was going on in the organization for weeks before that moment. And she thought, you know, maybe she was just sort of in a weak moment in her life and her career. That's why she did that the way she did. She wasn't thinking clearly. And then she came around to care. And she said, I do want to talk to her about this. It's more important for me that this woman, my client, trust that I have her back. 
And so ultimately what she did, instead of going and making a complaint or making a request, the next day she went to this woman's office with a cup of coffee and a, a little croissant or something and just sat down and said, I think you've had a really rough time and I just wanted to let you know that I care about you. Wow. Reaffirming the foundation yeah. of what is the foundation of long-term trust right. before making any specific request and not even doing that because she wanted to make, she did want to make a request, but it wasn't just purely reasserting care so she could make a request. It was genuine. It was genuine. Sincere. There wasn't a string attached. Yeah. So I think there's this really powerful relationship between care, complaints that are not being made or not being turned into requests, and also recognizing that making, as you just said, making that request that would resolve or at least address my concern is a demonstration of, I trust you, the domain of care, and I want you to trust me in the domain of care that I'm willing to do this want to do this and want to make this relationship work better. I don't want to get into it too much, but maybe we will. I am thinking of an organization that I currently work with, newer CEO. There was some behavior by one of the senior execs that was unethical. And this particular CEO shared with his team don't worry about this. I've got it. I'm taking care of it. But there wasn't anything apparent that had been done to take care of this. And so where I'm going is the senior leadership team made a clear request. The CEO gave a response that was not transparent. And now there's a missing conversation because this has been a few months. And so is there a follow-up clear request in order to close or resolve in a way that feels complete for the rest of the senior leadership team. So what my first question would be is, what was the request that they made specifically? Great question. We're clear of this situation. We understand all the facts and the data. How are you and will you be dealing with this? Okay. The real request is how will you or how do you plan to or mm -hmm. how are you dealing with this? All they got back was, well, I'm handling it. Trust me. Right? Yeah. yeah. Trust me. I'm handling it, which is in my mind not, I mean, I would want a more complete response. Yeah. But also I hear that the request was lacking conditions of satisfaction. Yeah. How would we know that you're handling it? What are we going to expect to see here? By when? By when. So the request was not clear and complete. That's the starting point. So it's hard now to go back and make a complaint for action. What I would assume they would really need to do at this point is go back and say, hey, you said you would handle it. Have you? If so, what have you done? And if not, make a clear and complete request with conditions of satisfaction and some kind of by when in there. And then if the leader came back and said, I'm handling it, then the rest of the team says that's not good enough. We're very uncomfortable with what's going on and what has gone on, whatever they want to say yeah. about that, but they need to have that conversation. Yeah. 
what I also hear and observe is a whole lot of complaining going on. Yeah. Not surprising. Yeah. Which also takes me back to the emotion of sadness. This issue, this situation is getting in the way of these other leaders showing up and doing the really good work that they want to do. And I think that that's also something that we don't pay attention to, that this situation, the complaining, the not complaining, the being clear, the not being clear gets in the way of leaders being able to do the good work that they really want to do. Yeah. I think that we've seen that all the way through in the different stories that we've told in this thing, that one of the impacts is that that just then becomes a, a weight that they carry that slows them down, that takes up mental processing time and energy, takes them away from what they really need to be doing at the emotions, you know, the resentment or the resignation or whatever emotions, those become a mood, actually. If that goes on for a long time, resignation and resentment become a mood that they're working in. That is bad. That's hard. It's hard to feel good about yourself, your work. Yeah. So I think let's wrap this one up. Close this here. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I would want to say is that we can look at any complaint that we have in the light of, has a clear, complete request been made and an agreement or commitment been made in response to that request before you go anywhere else. So the complaint itself is really a pointer to what do I need to ask for rather than being something that we carry with us and maybe share with other people, maybe not. And that there are negative impacts, downside impacts whenever we do that. So making that request and making it of the right person. Yes. There's another pitfall. Oh, I can just go ask this person to do it. And it turns out that that's not the person who can actually do what I need to have done. So being intentional about planning of our request, who do I want to make it to? The impacts of complaints that aren't voiced and then turned into something besides a complaint. Unless you don't care. You don't care if anything is done about it. And then you can just, you know, we can complain all we want and just whine for a little bit. Can I come to you and whine? And I do that with different people. I've done that with you. Hey, Ela, can I whine about something for a little yeah, while? Yeah, go for it. I just need to get a little something off my chest with no expectation that anything will change. That's right. However, if I have a complaint and I have an expectation or a desire for something to change, I need to make a clear, complete request and get a response and get a commitment in response. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has got me thinking about some follow-up conversations I need to have. So thank you. And again, like I think part of why we love our conversations so much and I'm saying this with so much love and generosity for both of us. You and I are still human. We still get into situations where we don't get it right. And while our conversations are obviously about helping our listeners and our audience, they're also often a really great reminder for you and I. Absolutely. That's the beauty of all of this is that we get to talk about this, which brings it up to front and center in our minds, and then we get to do the work that we might need to do around this. Yeah. Thank you, Hila, for talking about that, talking about your own work, as well as the work of our clients. Mm -hmm. And it's brought up for me some places where I need to tighten up some requests or go back and remake them or whatever that might be. 
and really take a look at why I didn't make them clearly in the first place, what was going on there. And I want to thank our listeners for what you might have brought to your listening. My request is that you now take a look in your own life. Where are your complaints and how can you turn them into powerful requests that create action, the direction you would like it to go? Thank you. Thank you too, Charles. Till next time. On behalf of both Charles and myself, we want to say a big thank you to our producer and sound editor, Chad Penner, Hillary Rideout of Inside Out Branding, who does our promotion, our amazing graphics, and marketing for us. And our theme music was composed by Jonas Smith. If you have any questions or comments for us about the podcast, if you have a trust-related situation that you'd like us to take up in one of our episodes, we'd love to hear from you at trust at trustonpurpose.org. And we'd also like to thank you, our listeners. Take care and keep building trust on purpose. Until next time. Until next time.